Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Interviews with Entrepreneur Show, where we interview entrepreneurs who are super awesome in their niches. And guys, RJ here back again with another amazing episode. In today's episode, we're going to interview somebody who actually started his business when he was 16 and then went back bankrupt like by 28. So like imagine if somebody is in the business for like almost 12 years and then, you know, had this sort of like consistency and then going uh, bankrupt into it. Not only that, and then he went back and like, you know, gained that momentum and then built his empire. So today's guest is Matt Hickers. Like uh, Matt's story is one of the mistaker turned highly successful entrepreneur from starting his business, uh, you know, at the age of 16 and then got bankrupt by 28. He's a funding guru who has lent over $500 million of funding into SME businesses in UK and Europe. His strength as an investor in his knowledge and experience is in different industries, especially like finance, retail, leisure, and property. He have raised hundreds and thousands of pounds for Matt Hakers Foundation, start on national TV, and became a special media star as well. He have used his knowledge and experience not only to help other people, not only to inspire her, other people but also lending money to, the, to them and you know giving this helping hand so like those people can start their businesses as well we're going to talk about all of this as well so the big question is this how these entrepreneurs who started from scratch and had no idea how to sell or market their products or services online and then later on made over six figures seven figures eight figures or even nine figures became best in their niches and found their dream customers to sell. My name is RJ Ahmed and find this all out on our interviews with entrepreneurs show where I interview all these entrepreneurs and try to pick their brain on how they actually did all of that and how they took their business as well as their life to the next level. This podcast is all about the entrepreneurs who strive so hard to become super awesome in their niches. Welcome to interviews with entrepreneurs. So please welcome Matt Haycox. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jay. RJ, how are you doing, buddy? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm great. Thank you so much. How are you doing? How's everything going for, for you today? Good, mate. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Awesome. Truly appreciate it. So like your, your story is really inspiring, you know, from starting on at the age of 16 and then going back up at the age, you know, at the age of 28. So like walk us through a little bit of your brief backstory, like how the journey started from you and like how you got into the lowest point and got, got back to the highest moment as well. So can you like walk, walk us through a bit of it? Well, look, I mean, there's, there's, there's probably 20 hours of story there to, uh, to, to, to condense into a few minutes. But I mean, look, if we start at the very beginning, uh, you know, I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to be in business. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur from as early as I can remember, 9, 10, 11 years old. Uh, mm -hmm. And I spent my teenage years, you know, reading every book. Uh, and when I say every book, when I say, you know, we've got to put this into context. I'm talking about 1990, 1991, 92 here when I, you know, when I was um, kind of starting my learning journey. So there was no internet, there was no social media, there was, you yep. know, uh, there was some books out there for sure, but there was not even 1% of the content that people have access to today. But, you know, I, I so I spent my, my younger years reading books on, Alan Sugar and Donald Trump and Bill Gates, you know, Richard Branson. There weren't, um, there wasn't much else to, to read. Yep. Um, and I spent my teenage years trying to do anything I could to make money, you know, buying and selling at the market, you know, buying a domain name to try and sell it for more money. Uh, but I, I started properly in business at 18. 
Um, I guess you know that, that's when I, that's when I worked in a real company. It was a failing company. It was a family business, uh, and I spent three years being exposed to every possible problem you could imagine. Uh, you know, customers who didn't want to buy from us, suppliers who didn't want to supply us, banks who wouldn't lend money to us, staff who didn't want to work there. So we had had every every conceivable problem imaginable. Um, I left there after three years. You know, I'd I'd, uh, I'd learned a lot. Um, I mean, if you'd have asked me back then, I would have said I would learn. I've learned everything, but you know, I learned pretty quickly that I, I didn't learn everything but I, I, I did learn a lot um, yeah. and then I, then I moved into into leisure because um, I guess you know what I knew about the uniform business that's what this business was was it wasn't really where my where my heart lied uh, you know it, it was a great learning ground but I didn't want to spend my career you know buying and selling trousers and white shirts for security guards uh, so I, I, uh, I opened a bar Again, I didn't really know, know anything about running bars, but I was, you know, 21, 22 years old, uh, and I thought I could, uh, you know, sell beer, meet girls, and make money all, all, all at the same time, uh, and that was that was really the start of uh, of the, uh, I guess of of my proper, let's say, money-making time. I mean, up until that point, you know, I'd, I'd learned a lot. I'd made a little bit of money, but I was certainly not, uh, you know, certainly not rich by any, any anybody's standards. Uh, but over the next, you know, I, I opened uh, a strip club. That was my that, that was my first very successful leisure business. Uh, and basically from 2004 to 2008, uh, things went, you know, pretty wild for me. Uh, you know, the, the strip club was very successful from day one. Um, I then le- used that business as leverage to learn how to buy money to open a second club and a third club and a fourth club uh, and over the course of about four years uh, I became the biggest strip club operator in the UK I had 11 venues I probably had 65 mm. pubs I had restaurants shops hotels property portfolio I mean I, you know, I had everything uh, you know big big eight uh, eight figure business I was making a lot of money I was spending a lot of money I was living living a great life uh, but I was completely, completely over leveraged. Uh, you know, something that's very easy to see now, uh, yeah. not so easy to see at the time. Um, and yeah, and it, when the credit crunch started to kick in in June, July of 2008, uh, everything came tumbling down for me. And, and literally in the in the in the space of in the space of eight, ten weeks. I went from, uh, you know, what was appearing to be a very successful, very clean, very large business to losing everything. And when I say I mean, everything, uh, there was there was no, there was no business whatsoever left. None of the businesses, every asset had been taken from me. Um, and I kind of woke up uh, in in September two thousand and eight. You know, having gone to bed the night before as an eight figure business owner, and woke, woke waking up the next morning uh, as as a, as, a, as a bankrupt with no business. Um, a wife and uh, and a one year old daughter, and that was uh, that was really the beginning of the uh, the beginning of the next chapter of my uh, of my entrepreneurial life. Yeah, wow, that that's amazing. Like especially, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to ask about like how you felt at the moment when again, as as you mentioned, you were kind of like on the top of the food chain, and then you you got into the part of the on the verge or or the bankruptcy itself. Like how how was it challenging for you? Because I feel like a lot of people out there try, and things like that don't work for them, and then somehow they quit. So like, what 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 was actually going inside of you, uh, you know, on the emotional side, and what was the motivation just to get back to the truck? 
I mean, listen, as a business owner, you, uh, as an entrepreneur, you've got to accept that failure yep. is, part, is part of the territory. Now, look, I get it. There's degrees of failure, uh, you know, um, and obviously bankruptcy is, is, is about as far down that as you can go. But, you know, if you want to be in any, in any field, there's, there's going to be risks. There's going to be bad days. You know, if you want to be a professional footballer, you might break your leg. You might break your ankle. That, 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 that could put you out of the game for a while. Um, exactly. but, it, but it doesn't... It doesn't have to be the end of your career um and i think you know i always say that uh, i don't really have a special tactic for people of how i came back from bankruptcy for me it was just very simple i had no choice you know i could have sat at home uh and you know i could have watched crap tv and uh you know and, and, cr- and cried in my breakfast about you know how how the world is so bad to me and that everything's gone wrong uh, but that wasn't going to feed my one-year-old. That wasn't going to pay the mortgage or, or 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 give me the life that I'd always wanted. So, you know, for me, it was really just I had no choice but going out there the next day and getting back to work again. Uh, I think you know, look, I've always been a strong character. I've always had a lot of belief in myself, which I think I think is very important. Um, I don't have. Uh, you know, I don't have an ego. I think I mean, like, I'm sure some people would say I do, but like what I mean is. I'm as happy in a Ferrari as I am taking the bus. Like that, that, that just doesn't really bother me because I, because I, I know that ultimately, you know, my strength kind of comes from yeah. me as opposed as a, as opposed to the assets that I've got. Um, I think as well, what's important to know is pe- people always talk about my bankruptcy time as as a time. Of, oh my God, you lost everything. Uh, and I always say, you know, I always say I didn't lose everything. I had, the only thing I lost was money. You know, and that is actually the only yeah. thing I lost. You know, I, I didn't lose my contacts. I didn't lose my experience. I didn't lose my education. If anything, I gained a new education going going, going through that bankruptcy experience. I lost my money. And I think as, and I know this is very easy for me to say as someone who's got money. And I know when you haven't got money, money feels like the most important and the most complicated thing in the world. But honestly, I think once you learn how to make some money, you realize making money is the easy bit, you know, uh, and, and that, and that there's, there's plenty of money out there. There's plenty of people willing to give you money for an opportunity, for an investment, you know, to do some business with. What is difficult um, well, not difficult, but what is time consuming and what people don't have is the knowledge, is the strength, yeah. is the skill sets. You know, uh, they're the hard bits to get. Going and getting the money is actually not that difficult. So, yes, okay, I would have obviously rather I didn't go bankrupt. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, but waking up for me was just almost like another day in the office. And, okay, I'd taken a couple of steps backwards, but I, I just got to get out there and, 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 and get back on the ladder. Um, and, you know, I made my money second time around a lot quicker than I did the first time around, and which, again, anyone who's made money, whether they've made it or made it and lost it, will understand. You know, there's always that expression that you know your first million is the most difficult, um, and that's that's, yeah. that's because when you're making that first million, you know you haven't got you haven't got the skill set, you haven't got the contact base, you haven't got you know you, you just haven't done it before. But once you've done it, exactly. it's like you know it, it's like a snowball. It's like anything. I don't know. It's like your your, your first. Pr- 10 press-ups are probably the hardest, you know, and then when you've been doing press-ups for it, you know, you can do a hundred press-ups more easy than the next guy can do three press-ups. And it's just, where, where, where do you focus your energy? Yeah. Well, I really love the answer, especially how you mentioned is that when you went to bankruptcy, all you, you know, all you lose was money. That was the only thing that actually lost and you had all the other things. So in your case, it was all about being resourceful, rather than like finding like some sort of, uh, you know, resources, stuff like that. You actually went and being more resourceful and figured out like, Hey, you know, how just can I continue my journey and go ahead and like 
just go back and get back to the track, right? Absolutely. You know, like, like I say, I, I, had, I had responsibilities to my family. I had responsibilities to myself. Um, and I, I just, I just, I just got to get back on with it. Yeah, exactly. And I can so, you know, I can so relate to it because, you know, before starting the podcast, I was just telling you about it. Like I invested like 200 bucks, something like that in order to form the company. And then I had like no money. And instead of like crying, like, Hey, you know, I don't have any money. I cannot start a business. Instead, whatever I had, I just like gave it as an equity and just to raise any money, just to like, you know, make it work or try to make it work. So I really love the point how you mentioned, you know, around that. So the next question I really want to ask is, is like, why you think so? Like most people have this sort of like problems where they are, they are always crying for like, Hey, you know, ending up in a victim mentality, like, Hey, you know, we don't have this, we don't have that. That's why we cannot make it work. You know, for example, for a lot of people who are living in like, especially tier three countries, they have a lot of, lot of problems. And I understand personally, but like, even like people who are living in like us, UK or Canada, they're like, uh, you know, we cannot do it. So they're always like ending up in, in a victim mentality. What's your thoughts around of people like why they always end up in something like that, even though they know what they want, but they're just like not even starting about it. What do you think about it? I think probably because it's, you know, it's easier to moan about it and easier to talk about it than to actually get on and do it. You know, I mean, you, you know, you can you can sit, sit around on the couch with your friends complaining, uh, you know, easier, easier than getting out there and. And putting some effort in and taking taking the risk, and I think that you know that applies to everything. I mean, look, we're talking about business, but 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 yeah. whatever, it's it's easier to it's easier to talk about going to the gym than it is to go to the gym. You know, it's it's easier to talk about reading a book than it than it than it is to read a book. Um, and uh, you know, I think ultimately people. You know, people want to make excuses. You know, they probably put uh, unnecessary obstacles in, in front of themselves. I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, you talk about like like third, third world countries. I mean, I mean, my 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 experience is that people coming from a, whether it's a, th- a third world country or whether it's you know someone immigrating into a first world country uh, come comes with a lot less of a victim mentality than than than, than the people in 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 those first yeah. world countries and i think you know uk america wherever you know we're spoiled we're lazy we you know we we're used to having every, everything done for us uh, you know whereas you know when you know like some, some some someone like yourself you know when you when you've got, you've got no money you know, you, you've got you've got no choice but to try and uh, but to try and make your life better and 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 to uh, you know, to to try hard and to and, and to succeed. You know, you you know that making a better life for you and making a better life for your family rests on your shoulders and your shoulders alone. I think you know when when you obviously it's a it's a, a great thing that first world countries have that. I guess that infrastructure and that social security to make sure that people don't suffer poverty, but yeah. for people who want to be lazy. Uh, it will make you more lazy because you think, well, I don't have to do anything today. You know, I'll just go and sign on for my government check at the end of the month, and I can keep drinking beer and watching TV. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't listen. I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, a scientist or a sociologist. I, I, I don't know, I don't know the, uh, the exact answer. But I think for me, like anything, is it's easier to talk about doing something than to, than to actually do it. And and if you've yeah. never tried, then you don't have to risk failing. Yeah. Well, you exactly mentioned like right to the point out there, especially for the people who actually kind of like migrate uh, from these tier three countries in in countries like US, UK, Canada, stuff like that. They're uh, even more hardworking and uh, compared to especially like 
for some people who are living they, the, in the country itself, but when they migrate, they work a lot harder compared to like you know a lot of uh, other people. Speaking of it, I also you know I also know about. Like, I think as well. So to interrupt as well, yeah, it's because yeah. it's because you are you know you, you're you're appreciative to to to, to the realities of, of of what matters. I mean, you know, like yeah. in the UK or in the US or whatever, you know, people sit around moaning about the most ridiculous bullshit you know whereas you know you come from you come from india or 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 you know africa or some you know some third world place you you arrive in america you arrive in the uk i mean you are you've got running water you've got you've got a, you've got a hot shower you've got a roof you, you, you've got you've got stuff you know stuff to be appreciative for that that, that you know is worth working for that you want to strive for yep. more and more whereas people who've been born into it are just uh, like i say they're take it for granted the late the lazy and uh, you know it's um it's one thing trying to make a better life when you know you feel safe but it's another thing trying to make a better life when you know that uh, unless you work your ass off there isn't even running water for your family yeah exactly you hit right to the point also as as we were uh, talking about that you help a lot of other businesses out there like lending them money so that you know they can you know either start or grow their businesses as well so i'm curious to ask like how was the process look like for you? Was it kind of like something how you know sharks do, or like you know they invest in other people's company, or like what what was the what was the process look like for you, and what was kind of like the outcome you were actually looking for in order to have those businesses? So, so look, I mean, there's all there's all different kinds of ways that businesses can borrow money or take yeah. investment, and there's all therefore there's different kind of ways that people can lend money or or, or invest that money. My particular model. Uh, and it's not that mine's right and someone else is wrong. It's just you know my my particular model uh, is is what we call secured debt. Um, so it's it's all it's always debt, not equity. So if I lend a hundred thousand pounds, for example, then I want a hundred thousand pounds plus a fixed amount of interest back, uh, and it's secured insofar as it's you know it's secured against a, a particular asset, um, typically property, but it could be plant or machinery or debtor book or other other kinds of assets but um uh, but but always always something that i can take back if it all if it if it, if it all goes wrong so uh, i guess you know as, as a as a business owner it's normally cheaper for you to take debt than it is for to, you know to, to give away equity i mean like you, know, you, you you yours is the most extreme example i mean you've given you've given 35 percent of the business away for for, for, for two for 200 dollars i mean one day yep. that could be the that, that could be the best 200 dollars somebody else somebody's ever, ever ever possibly invested you know i mean but, if, but- if you could if you could have got yeah. debt for that, then you'd borrow two hundred dollars, and you'd probably pay two hundred and fifty dollars back, <laughs> uh, yeah. and you still you still 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 got a hundred percent of your business. So, as a business owner, it's always cheaper to take debt, but it's not always easy to get debt because you know, as someone who's giving that debt, we don't have a lot of upside. You know, mm, our exactly. upside is what we get. If, if I lend a hundred grand, then you're giving me. 120 back then my upside is 20 grand your upside could be 20 million uh therefore you know i I need to make sure that um, that if it all goes wrong there's a way that i'm going to get my money back yeah exactly exactly especially especially when you mentioned about um, about that exact same story and that's exact same thing happened with 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 the people who are kind of like invested they were kind of like me as a student and they got like over 100x like or even more like you know when they invested like you know five years ago but the way that you mentioned about like the difference between investing into a business versus lending it is definitely kind of like clear my follow-up question around that is how you see 
uh, some people who actually took the money and made it work versus the people who might took it, but you know, they never uh, actually got the success with it. Obviously they took the money just because they had the desire for, you know, just to use it so that they can make their business work. But I'm sure you pretty, uh, you pretty much heard some cases that, you know, they might never be able to run their business profitably or successfully. Like uh, what were the common denominator in cases like those? Like why those businesses actually well, failed? So look, I mean, we always lend money for normally for a positive business purpose, you know, so, mm -hmm. so to be clear, you know, we want to understand what the what the business plan is, what the story is, why somebody wants that money. Um, but yeah, obviously, it, it, you know, it doesn't always work out. I mean, if I had if I had to pick, pick one one common reason, it's probably it's, it's probably um, pr pr probably lack, lack of knowledge, lack of education, you know, lack, lack of, um, of, of actually understanding. I mean, I mean, I always say that most business owners shouldn't be in business, you know, that they, 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 they've gotten in there by accident and you know, and they, they think that they're, they're running a great business. You think that they're very clever, but you know, they, they're, they're probably, you know, nine out of 10 are probably more, more lucky than they are clever. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it, normally it comes down to arrogance, lack of education, you know, not, 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 not taking responsibility. Also, there's a lot of, lot of unrealism, you know, I mean, I mean, it doesn't really matter what business model I look at. So many entrepreneurs overestimate the sales, underestimate the costs, you know, underestimate the time it's going to take, take to get there. Don't, don't put the required effort in. Or, or or spend too much. You know, I mean, so many times I look at startup business plans where somebody says, "Oh, I want to start this business, you know, whatever this business is," um, and we need two hundred thousand pounds. And I mm. take a look at it now. I start looking at this. Hang on, hang on. So you've got you've got two hundred thousand pounds because you you're renting an office for you know for thirty k. You've you've hired an assistant. You've you've spent ten grand on a website. But uh, and I look at I look at this and I say, "Hang on a minute. I can put a line through." 175k of your costs and you can go and start this exactly. business for 25k you know okay fine you can't be flexing on instagram in your in your fancy office because you're working in working in your parents bedroom but what do you want do you want a real business or do you want to or do you want to flex on instagram for three months yeah wow that that that's so true you know a lot of people feel like they have to have these like flashy things just to show like they're actually running the business or something like that, or even like pretend about it. Like, Hey, you know, we are running this business, they're cool and stuff like that. You know, that's, that's cool. Also, like you also have a podcast as well, you know, uh, and mm. you have interviewed like some amazing people, uh, like tell us a little bit about like how you thought about like a few starting a podcast and, uh, what it is about for the people who don't know about it and like how you plan it, you know, how you plan to start about it. What was the backstory about it? So I've had my podcast for about four years now. Um, I mean, I think in terms of audio episodes, I'm on 200 and something. And I've also got a video version on YouTube as well. Yep. Uh, I started the podcast purely by accident. Uh, I mean, literally, the, the, there, was no, there was no great plan, no great thought. I was just trying to create content online. Uh, you know, I knew I needed to have some content to build my personal brand. Uh, and, you know, I always like anything that's, uh, I guess, it's efficient. Uh, mm. you know or, or that can be that can be repurposed and and at the time we started to make videos for YouTube and then I could strip the audio off and use the audio on you know on, uh, on iTunes or Spotify or what, what, whatever that may be um, so it really just started with no plan you know ju just just to uh, just to make some content but then what I've what I kind of learned afterwards was that having the podcast was giving me a the chance to meet people that I wouldn't get to normally meet 
exactly. you know, because, because uh, you know, it, it would be people who would not want to, you know, would not take my call or would not, you know, would not have a meeting with me from a business perspective. But if I gave them the chance to come on a podcast, uh, then all of a sudden that's a very different frame. It's a very different question. Uh, so, it, so it would allow me to meet people and build relationships. Um, and secondly, it allowed me to meet people that I could ask questions that I wanted to have the answers to. And I always say that, you know, I say everybody should have a podcast. <laughs> and I always say yeah. that I don't care if don't not one it. person ever watches mine or ever listens to it because the best, the biggest benefit for me is the fact that I get to sit with the people that I want to make a relationship with and ask them the questions that I want to ask the question with. And literally, I had this conversation with a, with a, a girl who works with me uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, you know, she's working in marketing and working in some marketing with me. And I said to her, by the way, I said, if there's ever any anyone that you want to try and talk to that you don't that um, that you wouldn't get the chance to, like for example, we're working with Canva and we're working with Beehive and some of the these things i yeah. said if you ever wanted to if you ever want to just reach out to the ceo or the cmo of these businesses and, and ask, ask them to ask them to come on the podcast um you know and, and we can just we, we just use it totally selfishly just so that we can we can we can sit down and we can we can ask the questions that we that we want to ask and you know i mean i, I do that kind of stuff all the time i mean i'm i've started a newsletter two or three months ago so i've been trying to learn as much as i can about newsletters and i've found three or four guys who've got great newsletters out there and i've reached out to them to say hey would you like to come on the podcast they come on the podcast because obviously it benefits them to have a bit of exposure to the interviews yeah. with new audience but i get to sit for an hour and ask ask questions you know the the direct questions that i want the answer to from absolute experts in the field and honestly for me they're the two main benefits of a podcast obviously number three is if everybody watches it everybody listens to it and we become the next joe rogan great happy days you know that happens to happens to one in a million of us but what we can all guarantee is that we you know that, that we can use it as an opportunity to meet great people and ask important questions exactly yeah like you really nailed it uh, especially on the on the podcast side of it especially for the people who are like watch, watching or listening about it you have to just like understand like even nobody listens to you the people you're having the conversation with like by just having the podcast is like you know immense like it's huge you just have to understand that factor uh, factor to it well that's amazing so I, i really wanted to ask like if as you mentioned you also uh, you know started a newsletter a couple of months ago but for the people who especially want to uh be the part of your world and uh, want to listen to your podcast because i've listened to some of them and those are amazing so like uh, if somebody want to listen to those podcasts or somebody want to be the part of those newsletter how can uh, they actually be the part of it so you'll find me online uh, on social i'm the matt haycox that's t h e m a t t h a y c o x i'm the matt haycox on all things social uh, you can go to my website which is matt-haycox.com uh and between those two you'll you'll find you'll find everything that that'll, that'll lead you to my newsletter to my web content to my social content and everything else i'm i'm very active um so and you know i always respond to messages or you know include questions in my content so please uh, you know come find me come follow me and come reach out awesome awesome well matt first of all thank you so much for being on the show today out there i will post up all of the links and resources in the show notes also in the comment section down below so the people can be the part of your world uh, any last thing that you want to say before we round the show up uh, i mean no just listen from my personal perspective come you know come find me and from your personal perspectives uh, we've talked about podcasts and the importance of having a podcast uh, and i think you know um, a second piece of advice from me would be picking up on rj's story um that don't don't overvalue your equity 
if you uh, if, if if you need to get back in the game. Uh, I mean, listen, obviously, you know, I would probably argue that RJ gave away a huge amount of equity in that in that in that business. I actually brought back 200. some of them. It's, really? it's okay. for, for, yeah, <laughs> yeah, two hundred dollars. But you know, at the, at the end of the day, he needed the money. He needed to get yeah. back in the game, and he's got to and he's got to do whatever it takes. So don't you know? Don't don't be greedy. Don't procrastinate. Uh, you know, he could have sat around for the next five years trying trying to find something to give him the money. But what's more important is to is to be able to keep playing the game. There'll always be you know there'll always be a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. So uh, you know, just uh, just just make sure you do what it takes to keep playing. Yeah, I, tr- I truly appreciate you, man. Like, thank you so much for being on the Shuri sh- uh, out there. It was amazing. It was so helpful. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much for watching. And we're definitely going to see you guys in the next episode next week. Until then, peace out. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, if you're someone who wants to interview these super successful entrepreneurs so that you can build a multi-million dollar network alongside leveraging their audience as well, I've created a script that allowed me to book over $1 billion plus worth of entrepreneurs on my show and you can get it free for now. So just go to billiondollarscript.com and it's billiondollarscript.com and don't forget to leave a 5 star review and I will see you guys in the next one.